We welcome you into worship as we would the risen Christ himself. It is wonderful to be with you today. Um, number of things, we started our uh, book study, Kneeling with Giants, last Wednesday. Um, if you still want to participate, you are more than welcome to come and join us. Um, we've been recording, uh, we're recording each session, so if you miss one, you can always uh, watch and...
Please stand as you are able and join with me the call to worship. Beloved community, let us draw the circle wide and draw it wider still. Each of us is here because something draws us to the divine as expressed in the person of Jesus. We come to explore what it is that draws us here in community with neighbors who can teach us what it is that draws them here. We come with questions, struggles, doubts. We come with unique perspectives and enrich the whole community. We come in vast diversity of mind, body, being. To live into a unity that does not quell our differences, but celebrates them. We come to abide in the love of Jesus and to learn to bear good fruit less. Come, let us join in worship of the God of love, who teaches us what true love is. Join with me in the hymn, Help Us Accept Each Other. We can find it in the bulletin or on page 437.
we find ourselves thirsting and lost in which way to go. As we confess, we acknowledge the brokenness in us, between us and with God. Christ fills us with a living water that overcomes our thirst, guides us in the right path, and restores us to healed and whole relationships. Emboldening God, you have not given us spirit of fear, and yet we are so afraid. We are afraid of what we don't understand. We are afraid of change. We are afraid of difference. You have blessed us with a whole bowl of diversity, but we shrink back and keep our vision small. Forgive us, bounteous God. Renew us, your spirit of peace, your spirit of love. Inspire city to ask good questions. By your strength, we can overcome our fears. Because of God's great love for us, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Being washed in the living waters, we are set free. In this, we know we are forgiven. The peace of Christ be upon you, and also upon you. Let us pray. God of all wonders, in Christ you have given us what we need, living water, right relationships, and boundless love. Fill us with your spirit this day that we may hear and understand what you speak to us through these scriptures. Amen. And I think Bonnie has uh, time with children, so come on down, kids. Good morning. Come on over. Don't sit too far away. I want you to be able to see what's going on. Oh my goodness, some of us look pretty tired already. Would that be you, perhaps? <laughs> yes. Jackson, you want to move up with your friends? Thank you. All right. I can't tell you how good it is to see your beautiful faces. And we welcome the boys and girls who may be watching at home on their computer. Did you have a good start to the school year? Do we see some nods? Yes, good. How many of you like going to school? Raise your hand. Excellent, most do. I liked going to school because I got to see young people like all of you. I am going to talk to you today about Kenya. You've been hearing a lot about Kenya in the past weeks. And this time I'm going to talk to you because I went to Kenya. In 2004, think about how many years ago that was. I don't think any of you were born then, but I went to Kenya. There was a large group of us. And do you know, I really hadn't planned to go. Yes? Your brother what? I know. Isn't it amazing that I was out in Africa doing this when none of you were around? It amazes me, too. When 
I thought about going to Kenya as the COK was putting together a trip. I thought, hmm, too far away. I'd worry about my family. What if I got sick? But do you know who spoke to me? My father in heaven spoke to me. He nudged me in my heart and he said, Bonnie, you need to go. So trying to be a good servant, I signed up. I got all my shots and I got ready to go. Now, I want you to look at how very far away Kenya actually is. We flew from New Jersey. It was, we could get a better flight. We flew to London. You all have been hearing about the Queen. In London and England is where that's all happening. And then we flew again down to Kenya. Do you know how many hours that took? Fifth hours in a plane. So I was pretty tired of sitting. I'm a doer, not a sitter, so it was a problem. But we got there, and we went by car, uh, van, and Kenya's right here. It's a beautiful country. It's on the Indian Ocean. It is a beautiful day. I bet it's a beautiful day in Kenya too, Ethan. I bet. So we went to Kenya. Each of us had a job. Every one of us had a special job to do. What do you think maybe my job was? What does Miss Bonnie love? Mm, it starts with a B. Books. Books and more books. Uh, I had a suitcase this tall filled with books. It was the heaviest thing I've ever tried to move. Uh, and they had asked if I would give some ideas to their Sunday school teachers in Kenya about things they could do. So I bought all these beautiful books because I knew the boys and girls would love them. And I showed them ideas about puppets for the Bible story. I, we talked about how we could in, have the children become actors for a story. It was a wonderful experience. But right now, I want to talk to you about school there. I noticed there were a couple of us that didn't raise our hand for loving school, but we need to love school. We are so very blessed. In Kenya, some of the children don't get to go to school at all. They live too far away, and it's free now, but they have to be able to have their supplies. You all know you had lots of supplies to get. They need a paper, pencil, maybe a pen, and if they don't have those things, they don't go to school and they wear a uniform, and they sometimes have to walk for miles to get to their school. No bus rolls up for them. So we know that it's hard for them to be able to do that. And we know that if they don't get to go to school, then they won't learn things like you do. You all will become very, very wonderful workers and parts of the community, maybe even part of our 
bigger United States. We don't know, but they don't have that if they don't go to school. So we're asking you and your families, mom, dad, grandparents, to give some money for these boys and girls. They may not need very much money to add to what they have, and you know relatives there help too. Maybe an aunt or an uncle who has a little bit of extra money, but some of them are so very, very poor. So when you put money in this little envelope, you're saying to them, we care about you. You are our neighbors in Christ. You are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Did you know that? It's not, our neighbors aren't just our church family. It's not just our neighborhood at home. It's not your school family. The world is our neighbor. And we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that's a pretty big order for sure. I got to meet the people we, the young people we had helped in Kenya. Some of them came from a long distance away to say thank you. They were saying thank you to you, to your parents, to grandparents, and they wanted you to know how much it meant to them that they could go to school. Isn't that a wow? I agree. That's a, Look at their faces. Do they look happy? Yes. They're delighted to be able to go, and we got to spend some time with them. So boys and girls, if you get an allowance, maybe you could get one of those envelopes and put a few coins in there, it all helps. Uh, when we were there, the boys and girls would gather around us and we would give them a pen or a pencil because it meant so very much to them. Pen or a pencil here doesn't cost very much, but for some of them it's a real hardship. So can you help me pray? I know you can, you're my best helpers and our church family will too. Dear Lord, Thank you for our Kenyan brothers and sisters. Help us to help them be able to go to school, to learn, to grow, and to know you. Thank you for our schools. Amen. Think about your Kenyan brothers and sisters and how excited they are to go to school. All right, I think there's Children's Church. I see Miss Ashley, she's rounding you up. Our first scripture lesson comes from Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaea, uh, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples, 
for there are many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel according to John in the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 30. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard, Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John. Although it was not Jesus himself, but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, if you have no bucket and the well is deep, where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of the water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, Give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, 
He will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, What do you want? Or, Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. This is the word of the Lord. How many of you have your gossip circles? I won't ask you to raise hands. I got the laughter just enough. How many of you have that one person in your gossip circle whom while they're there you tolerate but sometimes you make snide remarks just out of their hearing and when they aren't there, boy oh boy do you love to talk about them. Mm. Maybe that one hit home too much. So let's look at this story for a moment, and we need some background here to make sure that we fully understand. There's Jesus, there's a woman, there's a well. It's in Samaria. Hence the title that we usually give this, Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. So we all can agree on those simple facts, right? We know who Jesus is, right? We don't need any background on Jesus. You've kinda, you kind of know this guy a little bit, right? All right, so let's talk about the woman. What did we find out about the woman from Jesus' words? She's not currently married. She has been married five times. And she is currently with someone who is not her husband. So let's go back to that concept of our gossip circles. Do you think that this woman was one of the well-to-do and well-known and well-respected people in that gossip circle? Do you think that when all the women, ooh, I forgot about making this point, didn't I? There's a well. It is outside of the city. So what do you think happened every morning? The women went out to get water for the day, didn't they? And they went out together in a group for protection. Or at least that's the excuse they made so that they could go out and gossip with everyone. But could you imagine then that when all of these women would go out with, to gather their water, do you think that this woman felt welcomed among them? No, not one bit. So she had to go out later in the day by herself 
to get her water so that she would not be confronted, humiliated, and treated like such an outcast. Sound like anyone else in Scripture that Jesus tends to deal with? Kind of seems to be his modus operandi, right? Who does he deal with? He deals with the people that have been outcast by everyone else from their communities and especially from their religious institutions. So it does not surprise me one bit that when Jesus, who is a Jew, goes from Jerusalem to Galilee, that he, A, was willing to go into Samaria, and B, is willing to go to this well, and C, is willing to have a woman come up and talk to him. Oh yeah, there's that other thing to talk about here. Um, Single men should not be around women unsupervised. Jesus was a single man. He normally had 12 people watching over him to make sure that he wasn't alone with a woman. A woman should not approach a single man. A woman should not talk to a man unless spoken to first. And most certainly, a woman should not talk to anyone who had religious authority. Jesus was breaking a lot of laws here, folks. A lot of community laws a lot of spiritual laws. Not God's laws, but the spiritual leader's laws. This woman was also breaking many laws. So we have a couple of cohorts in crime here. And they collude together to proclaim the coming of the Messiah to the Samaritans. Remember, the Jewish people didn't like the Samaritans, right? So why weren't you all just really shocked right then and there? Maybe it's because we finally started to understand other people and understand that Jesus loves other people than whom we say Jesus should love. Maybe we're starting to understand and see that there are far more people who are like the woman at the well than there are those whom are already in the church. Maybe we're starting to understand that when the church creates others, that inflicts harm on the body of Christ. When the church decides who can and cannot come to Christ, that creates undue barriers that Christ has tried to break down. 
So maybe one of the things that we have done in trying to bring Christ to the world, when we tried to say only certain people could come to Christ, we actually created more people that Christ comes to. Because Christ, again, comes into this world, and we hear it in the other gospel this morning, that he came not for those who were well, but those who were sick. He did not come for those who were already in the temples and synagogues. He came for those whom those in the temple and the synagogue said could not come to God. Jesus did not sit at table with the high and mighty only. Jesus spent far more time dealing with those that the high and mighty said were unworthy. He spent more time focused on those who had been hurt by other people, especially when they had been told that they were the others themselves. Jesus was with those whom we had put outside of our communities, and Jesus continues to still be with those whom we say are outside of our communities, especially our communities of faith, especially our individual congregations, especially our own cliques within our own churches. Jesus continues to show us time and time again a willingness to be with someone else, a willingness to listen to them, and a willingness to share with them that they too have received the gifts of God. Did you hear one of the blasphemies that Jesus just proclaimed this morning. See, the woman at the well knew that the prophets of Israel said the only place to worship was at Jerusalem. Only upon Mount Zion could you come and honestly worship God. But Samaria had Jacob's well. Jacob, who would become known as Everyone together, Jacob, who would become known as Israel. Okay, for those who didn't hear it in the back, Jacob becomes known as Israel, which is the name of the people. His 12 sons become the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jesus and the woman are at Jacob's well. but you can't worship there. You can only worship in Jerusalem. Did you hear Jesus' blasphemy? A time is coming and has now come when you will not worship in a place, but you will worship in spirit. The place where you worship will not matter. It is how and to whom you worship that will be important. You don't have to be in this room to worship. 
You don't have to be in any church or in any specific place. You have to be in relationship with God. And if you are being in a relationship with God, then you will begin to understand that others also need that ability to be able to come and worship God, to know and to be understood, to be felt and to be heard. This woman in this one interaction who has been so othered by everyone else that she lives with finally feels heard, felt, and seen. And it is through her that Jesus begins his proclamation to the people of Samaria. Again, Jesus doesn't pick the highest and the mightiest to bring his word. Jesus brings together tax collectors and sinners. He gathers up fishermen. He gathers people that no one would normally listen to. And throughout his ministry, he heals those that have been thrown aside. He welcomes those who are outcast. He listens and accepts others. He understands them. And he gives them that which has been denied. God gives to those what people deny. And so Jesus uses this woman to be a proclaimer of what is to come. Jesus in this shows us what it means to actually sit with those that we have set aside, to sit with those who are different from us, to be present with those who have been shunned and told that they are not worthy or welcome. Jesus shows us what it means for us to be disciples of Christ to actually welcome those who are different from us. Jesus' way was a way of expanding kingdom. Starting from Jerusalem, throughout Judea, throughout Israel, and to the ends of the earth. Welcoming in and expanding. Welcoming in and expanding. Welcoming in and expanding time and time again. And every time that we welcomed others in, we had to begin to understand them. And we had to see God at work through other people and not just believe that God was at work in us only. That is Jesus Christ. That is whom we say we worship and follow. So when Jesus calls each of us and says, follow me, he calls us to follow him to the well, 
to find the person that has been othered and to welcome them and to love them, to show them acceptance and encourage them to become part of a greater community where we grow not by forcing everyone to be like us, but where we celebrate what everyone else can bring into the us. Too often we are so bound by what we think everyone should be, how everyone should act, how everything should be just perfect the way we want it, that we forget to experience other people and how they may help us grow, change, and be just that much more as a community together. Let us all view the well, not from a distance, but let us all go to that well and let us be willing to meet the other. For there, when we meet the other and we share in Christ's love and joy and welcomeness, there we find living water that unites us, springs forth from us, and builds eternal life in the kingdom of God. Amen. For those who are comfortable, let us stand together in body and spirit and affirm our faith. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess to the glory of God, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Please be seated. from our hearts the gifts that will be used to further the kingdom of Christ and fill the need of those among us and around us.
of dedication. God, our source, through you come all gifts and all blessings. Though you love us all unconditionally and long to see everyone thrive, we live in a broken human world. Even though you have given us more than enough, we have skewed our resources, so some have too much and others have too little. Accept these offerings as a beginning, a small way for us to restore the balance, that one day it will be as you intended. All will have enough. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Loving God, we come to you this day, ourselves searching for your living water. We come with a thirst that we do not understand, yet we still come seeking you. You give us a living water to quench our thirst of searching for you. You give us a living water that embodies us to be you to the world. You have poured out your spirit upon us in these living waters, that our hearts might overflow with your amazing love, and that our eyes may be open that our ears may hear, that our hearts may love and our minds understand. We pray for your vision as we look at people around us, that we may see the beautiful spark of life that you have given to them, the spark of your image and of your love. You call us into places where we will meet others. You call us to be with them, to listen to them, to understand them. Help us to welcome them into our community, to make our community stronger as we grow together, sharing in our differences, but being united in our single cause of loving and following you. Help us to celebrate the different gifts that we each bring the different ways of seeing and understanding. Help us to hear the stories of others. Help us to understand how they have been hurt and how we have been those who hurt others.
as we seek to make peace. Help us to realize that peace is, upon, is among those who are willing to listen to each other, who are willing to work towards common place and common ground, who share experiences that we may understand each other We pray for our world that is so filled with divisions and hatred, so filled with the othering of peoples, so filled with deciding who is in and who is out. You call us into loving relationship, and you call us into welcoming You call us to be different from this world, and this world wants us to be apart and separated, divided and filled with hate. That you call us to unity and love. We struggle because not all will hear and accept your word. But we are still called to bring your word and for our part to be the makers of peace. We pray for those at war. We pray for peace and safety for those who have, those who have been attacked. And we pray for those who are the attackers, that their hearts would be moved, that their minds would be changed from seeking war and conquering to finding peace and shared life. Within our own country, we seek peace. And yet it seems day by day our divisions grow deeper. Our decisions are based on one side. Even within our community, we struggle to be united in the benefit of all those around us. Even amongst your churches and within your churches, divisions grow. And in all things, you continue to call us to the well 
sit with the other. To be at peace. And to remind each other of who we are, of whose we are. Hear our prayers for the many that are on our prayer lists and those deep within our hearts. Help us to be of one mind in honoring you, one mind in serving you, one body in being the church of Christ. As we join with the many faithful from every time and place, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For those who are comfortable in body and spirit, let us stand together and sing hymn number 731, O Christians Haste.
May the living water flow out of you that you may be the well where people come to meet and know Christ. Let's go out into the world in peace. Have courage and hold on to that which is good, returning no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering and honor everyone. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be upon us all now and forevermore. Amen.